Morning Liberty. Well, what is up, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of Good Morning Liberty. My name is Nathaniel Paul Thurston, and across from me is Chuck COVID Thompson. How's it going today, COVID? Oh, well. Uh, well, it's uh, I'm alive and well. Okay, I wouldn't say well, but well, you are still living. Well, depending on, I mean, I'm reproducing. Compared to a lot of, are you right now? As COVID. Oh, okay. You asked how COVID was doing. I got you. Oh, right. COVID's alive and well. Yes. I got you. you. You thought that Biden had ended it. I did. Well, it, we're coming into an election year. You got to stir some stuff up again. Next year. So, I got you. Yeah. All right. Here, here I am. At the end of the week last week, you might have noticed that Charlie was not here. That is because he did, in fact, have COVID. Charlie got real legit COVID, like 102 point something fever for several days type COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, hurting, aching, stinging COVID, <laughs> uh, coughing with your lungs hurt, not knowing if they're going to open once more COVID. Mm, yes. How did that feel? Well, I was on the couch. Mm-hmm. So for the, for about five days, did you watch a lot of stuff, watched a lot of things. Okay. Yeah. I watched a lot of things. I slept a lot, which was good. Uh, then my sleep patterns, all kinds of messed up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, because I would sleep from like, I don't know, two to six. And then I'd stay up to like one and sleep from like one to nine and then two to six. And it was it was kind of that pattern for like five days. So that sounds pretty good. I got what seemed like COVID. It seemed coincidental because I haven't been sick in a long time. And you get COVID and I keep coming to your house to do episodes yeah. because that's where the studio is. And mm-hmm. because I'm your friend, I wanted to check yeah. on you. And we don't make out or anything. No. Because we like girls, but. No, no. But um, we, uh, <laughs> I came over and hung out and then all of a sudden I'm getting sick at the end of last week. And then I spend the weekend being sick as Turns well. Turns out it was all in your head. It was in my head. Yeah, that's what yeah. it was. Um, I didn't get as bad as you, but we have conducted a scientific study. This is our sh- second one. Should be published Okay, this is perfect evidence, and you don't need any more sample rate than this. No. All right. This is clinical trial. Charlie got a dose of the vaccine back in 21, and you got COVID after that, same time I did. Mm -hmm. I got really bad because I am not a shill for Big Pharma, (laughs) and I I got really sick. For like 10 days, you were like... It was very sick. 10 days, fever, losing your hair. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. People who say long COVID isn't a thing did not have a hundred and two and a half fever for, for 10 days. Yeah. I'll tell you that. Cause you, you fry your brain. It's probably not just COVID. I think it's anytime you allow your brain to simmer yep. for eight or nine days. It's probably not good for your brain. Uh, but anyway, this time you got super sick and, and I was around you and I got sick and I was fine as far as feeling like I was going to die goes. So I felt, although super sick, only lasted like three days instead of year ten. I know, from two years ago. I know, but we know so. COVID has weakened over that time. Mm. But what we discovered was that my COVID-induced immunity held off. This, Is this what people call natural immunity? We don't call it that. Oh. It's, it's post-COVID. Uh, immunity post-infection immunity yeah it's been a while we got to brush up on our (laughs) covid terms it's been a while forgot so i handled it way better this time this time you had no antibodies in your body your body did not know how to fight off cold symptoms especially Mm -hmm. covid uh like mine did and so my superior 
my superior human being scientific post-infection immunity was much better than <laughs> yours, which had never been asked to try and fight off an infection on its own. Costco said they, they took their COVID decorations down. <laughs> yeah. Put them in the attic. We don't remember. I don't remember all hey, the stuff we used to say. Get them out. Because mm-hmm. it's coming. It's time. I'm People are you. calling for mask mandates and all kinds of stuff this these is, days. It's it's going to happen again. How do we know this? Well, you just look at history. It's not going to be like it was last time, at least not anytime soon, because Biden will not want to do that going into a presidential election cycle. Uh, because as he learned in 2020, it's really bad for your reelection chances if you are dealing with a worldwide pandemic and shutting down people's way of earning money and stuff like that Mm -hmm. because it worked for him last time when they were able to shut down Trump. You know, he doesn't want to do it for him this time. So anyway, it's Monday. Stuff's been happening over the weekend. COVID's back. We wanted to brush over a few things. And um, uh, do you want me to stream? I got to say it's strange. So I just want to really quick before we get into Maui. And we've talked about this a little bit before on the show, but it's strange how COVID disappeared kind of overnight all the mask mandates and social distancing and businesses being shut down and all of that. Now I've seen in the news and also I know several people who have gotten COVID recently. So it's, it really is surging. And what's interesting is we're not seeing that same response. Now I'm glad that we're not, I'm glad that I know that some people are calling for it, but the Biden administration is not uh, shutting down air travel. They're not making you wear masks on airplanes. We're treating it like we should have treated it back in 2020 and 2021 and early part of 2022. We're treating it like the people who are in power are who they already want to be in power. And so they don't need to do any worldwide sweeping changes at the moment. Which sounds like a conspiracy. I get it. But it is strange how this is played out. Mm-hmm. Like, it makes you want to question that. You shouldn't question, question things. Of course, though. are we going to be able to put this up on YouTube? I like, did not is select. Is that allowed now? I, I did not select uh, YouTube. So uh, I'm only selecting Facebook and Twitter at the moment. Okay. So anyway. Anyway, there's a volcano on fire or was on fire. <laughs> Just, I don't know if a volcano has anything to do with it, but um, the Hawaii. Well, Hawaii yeah. is on fire. Hawaii is a volcano. Maui. Actually, you're right about that. Yeah. Maui's on fire. You've been to Maui before. I have been to Maui. Was it on fire at the time? No. Okay. Well, there might have been people who had some fires there, but okay. the whole thing wasn't on fire. No, actually, it is uh, It is sad. Um, their Lahaina is gone, basically. And uh, they had a whirlwind of giant fires where at least 89 people are confirmed dead now. 93 is oh, the, sorry, is 93 as of today. Um, I'm seeing reports from locals there that it's in the hundreds, if not thousands. It's going to be a so, lot more than the current number we have because a lot of people sadly were essentially cremated and yeah. they have cadaver dogs going through. They're going to end up having to look at uh, people who are missing and that they never recover. <coughs> and so it's going to take a while to get the full number mm. of people and that's that's really sad it's terrible have you seen like videos and stuff from the thing yeah people like bad trying to drive out of there and stuff scariest environment imagine jumping in the ocean to get away yeah. from the fire kind of looked like kind of looked like hell it almost. looked really bad yeah and you know how we could have solved this charlie by solving climate change if we just would have given the u.s government more of our money 
then this particular fire would not have happened. More, it, we can go back further than that. If we just would have listened to Al Gore, then this fire would not have happened. And mm. so we so we know that. And I try to imagine actually believing that that's a thing, because as you scroll across X.com, you see, uh, well, we it's time to declare climate emergency. This is what happens when people put uh, profits over people. And you got to blame the oil companies and Shell and all that. And if we just would have enacted this regulation or taxed this person, then we wouldn't have had these fires. And that's, I guess that's what we're going to do every time something bad happens. But I really don't think that it is the case. And in fact, a lot of scientists don't think it's the case either. But this article uh, right here, this article that we're looking at right now says Maui's fire became deadly fast. Climate change, flash drought, invasive grass, and more fueled it. Mm. And so it, this is from AP News. And of course, they detail how bad the fire was. And then they talk about flash droughts, which of course we're just getting because of climate change. Or we're getting more of them uh, because of climate change. And look, if you've ever, if you've ever been to Maui, one of the things that they, one of the first things they tell you about, especially if you do an island tour, which I recommend, I recommend, well, not now, but when, when Hawaii, come, when Maui comes back, I recommend going. And if you do take a Jeep tour, drive all the way around the island, it doesn't take that long. It's not very big. Um, it's really cool because Maui, just Maui has like 28 different climates. It's a lot. Maybe it's 31. I don't remember. It's been a while since I've been there. But it's, I think it's at least 20-something. I think it's 28 different climates that they tell you about on this tour. Mm -hmm. And you go from, from desert to prairie to mountain to beach to uh, jungle, yeah, all rainforest. On, all depends on what regulations they enacted on the it's, different parts of the island. Right. Yeah. As you drive around, it's like you, all different places of america exist in this one tiny little ecosystem it's really cool so i don't think we have to go through this whole article it's important to note that it's from ap news because we'll discuss that later they do discuss flash droughts and how fast it became dry on maui they talk about stronger hurricanes which there was a hurricane going on uh, off the coast not hitting hawaii directly but the winds were much higher there's no indication. I thought they call those typhoons in the Pacific. I don't know what they call it. I think, I think we still call it hurricane here. I'm not sure. Mm. Um, I thought it was a typhoon. There's no indication that this was some kind of a special hurricane that was much stronger than other hurricanes. That they we don't, don't even know the hurricane's name. Normally have. Yeah, I can't even tell you much about this hurricane. But they are going to blame stronger hurricanes uh, in this article as well. And of course, they have two scientists that say that this uh, was likely due to climate change. This flash drought and the stronger hurricanes. I mean, if I was a scientist, that's the one of the first things I would say. Now, Bjorn Lomberg, Lomborg, who has a great book called False Alarm, uh, which we've recommended to people a lot. I also recommend following him on X at Bjorn Lomborg. He says this has to stop. AP makes up a story to blame Hawaii fires on climate. And then he brings in this peer-reviewed journal <clears throat> from last year finding no climate signal in Hawaii's drought because they also had a drought last year and uh, saying that they could not link it to climate change uh, at all. And then he brings up this other unrelated news, which is AP getting $8 million to push, a, to push climate alarmism. 
So what's really interesting is at the bottom of this piece that we were referencing, let's talk about all this stuff. At the bottom, it says, Associated Press climate and environmental coverage receives support from several private foundations. See more about AP's climate initiative here. Uh, Claire Rush, who wrote this, is a core member for the AP Report for America State House News Initiative. Report for America is a nonprofit national service program that places journalists in local newsrooms to report on undercovered issues. And one of the undercovered issues is climate change. That's something that hardly anyone talks oh. about. There's only a few journalists really doing the work out there. And so AP got a bunch of money in this grant to hire a bunch of journalists whose job it is, is to write about climate change. And uh, in this article from AP where they highlighted it, this is in last year, it's from 2022 in AP, the AP said Tuesday that it's assigning more than two dozen journalists across the world to cover climate issues and the news organization's largest single expansion paid for through philanthropic grants. And so uh, the AP's new team with journalists based in Africa, Brazil, India, and the U.S. will focus on climate change's impact on agriculture, migration, urban planning, the economy, culture, and other areas. And so anyway, they were given this grant uh, from the Rockefeller Foundation, the Walton Family Foundation, Howard Hughes Medical Institute, Flora Hewlett Foundation, uh, William and Flora Hewlett Foundation, uh, contributing to this effort for them to have journalists whose specific job it is, is to say that things are because of climate change. All right. Uh, even though you can go to a peer reviewed article and see them saying that uh, the flash droughts have nothing to do with climate change, that this is something that happens, especially during the El Nino patterns that we get, are going through right now. If you look <coughs> at the U S no coughing after COVID Charlie, you can mm. spread that stuff and uh, our grandmas could die. Mm. U.S. Drought Monitor. If you look at the U.S. Drought Monitor, Hawaii Drought Severity and Coverage Index, you will find this chart going from 2000 all the way to current day that the current drought patterns, now they could readjust this, I don't know, but the current drought in Hawaii doesn't look much of anything compared to previous droughts, like say from 2009 to 2014, hmm. uh, or even from 2021 to the beginning of 2023 uh right now it's actually pretty low but right now this is because of climate change and the and the severe the super severe climate change induced drought uh lomborg also posted out this earlier here's a, a a screenshot the world is burning ever less fire is ever more in the news so as you see this chart wildfire in reality burned area per year percentage of global land uh, from 2000 to 2020, this moves from roughly 3% down to 2.2%. All right. And when you look at frequency per million words, wildfire in the news, it goes from two per million words to 10 per million words. So 5X right there. Uh, people talking about wildfires, even though they're actually decreasing in their burned area per year mm. globally. But... Of course, we have more and more every because I read this in the news and the news is just talking about things that are happening. And it's not because they're literally paid to do this. Like they literally have people that were paid uh, by foundations to just talk about climate change. It's not that it's that we have way more wildfires than we used to. Right. Mm. What do you think? 
Well, I think, well, I think it's a couple things. One, obviously the dissemination of information has increased drastically. And so people talking about wildfires obviously is going to go up by default just because we have so many more places to consume information. Um, but also, yeah, I think it's fear mongering. I think it's, um, people are taking things out of context, but you know what? You know what I really think? Um, I think God hates the earth. <laughs> That's what it is. Because I don't know if you heard about this. I'm going to throw a wrench in your presentation. Okay. okay. Did you hear about the Hunga Tonga Hunga Hape volcano that erupted last year, 2022? I, I feel like I would have remembered Hunga, the name. Hunga Tonga Hunga Hape volcano in the South Pacific off no. the coast of Australia and New Zealand. Well, oh, this I might have heard that. I might have underwater heard about that. eruption. Mm, I heard about that. Yeah, the most powerful eruption that we've ever recorded mm -hmm. ever. In fact, it sent water vapor fifty-eight kilometers into the air. That's not good. Yeah, it's like thirty-six miles into the air. That's a lot. That's mm -hmm. something like that. I think it's insane. Mm -hmm. Right. New study finds that this eruption is going to warm the client climate by one point five degrees centigrade. <laughs> And uh, I bet humans probably caused that eruption in the South Pacific. Oh, well, yeah. Well, um, we were probably fracking down there or something I like that. I didn't hear anything about this mm -hmm. until recently, over the weekend. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, because this new study came out. And so, just, uh, you know, I just want to throw that. It's probably unrelated. Totally unrelated. But new study indicates that this could have a 1.5 degree warming effect um, on the Earth because of this massive underwater volcano well, that know, literally shot water... 36 miles in the air. You That's know, a long way to shoot water. It is. By I've the way. Bought in, I've bought some of the finer water guns at Walmart, and they don't go nearly that far. Not even with a level. No, not that close. No. I saw Old Faithful, now, and the Old Faithful, uh, I mean, imagine, not even close. Imagine if you were a ship, and you were right over this underwater volcano at mm -hmm. the exact time it erupted. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be so crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it would, yeah. You know what we should do, though? We should give the U.S. government more money. Yeah, that's what we should. That do. way, we don't mm -hmm. have that. They could probably stop that volcano from erupting too. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. have we Off considered the coast that? Of Australia. Yeah. Have you considered giving Joe Biden more of your money today, sir? Because that's how we solve this problem. Well, I am now. That's what I want to do now. Is that what you want to do? Yeah. Of course. Well, here's the here's the deal. Now that we're talking about Joe Biden, let me tell you something. Bidenomics is is hard at work right now. Hard at work. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Sometimes we're faced with a crossroads in life and we don't really know which path to take. Maybe you're thinking about a career change or feeling like your relationship needs a little love. Whatever it is, therapy can help you map out your future and trust yourself to find the way forward. I've done therapy in the past and honestly, it helped me quite a lot. Changed my life, made me who I am today. And our co-host Charlie, he's still using BetterHelp to this day. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash GML today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash G-M-L. It's kind of working against Biden, unfortunately, because Bidenomics is mostly associated with bad things. All right. But they've been trying to co-opt this term that people have been using. This article from Politico talks about how Bidenomics is just not catching on. I've seen several articles 
from people saying, well, you know, people are just paying attention to the news and they're not, they just don't know how good they have it right now. They just don't understand how good Joe Biden's economy is. Mm. Uh, they're paying attention to all the fear. They don't know what's good like for them. No, no, yeah. they, they don't get it. Uh, Politico says the White House plays it cool as Bidenomics struggles to catch on. Uh, President Joe Biden is risking a lot on Bidenomics, but about two months in, his efforts to sell his sweeping economic agenda don't appear to be working. Poll numbers show persistent voter skepticism about the state of the economy, and Republicans are working aggressively to take back the term, dubbing it as synonymous with tax hikes and inflation. They're not working to take back the term. This was a Republican term to begin with. We were calling it Bidenomics, and we're not Republicans, but people who, not fans of Joe Biden, have been using Bidenomics to talk about our terrible economy for a while now. Mm -hmm. It's Biden that's trying to take over the term, and it's not working. The administration has moved aggressively to not just claim ownership of the economy, but to broadcast how good the news around it is, from falling inflation, steady, steady job growth, and diminished talk of a forthcoming recession, they anticipate the good news will ramp up with factory groundbreakings and bridge ribbon cuttings. You know, people, they just love watching those bridge ribbon cuttings. Mm -hmm. That's what we haven't had lately. When you go to the grocery store and you can't afford your groceries or you can afford way less groceries, mm -hmm. you're like, you know what we need? You need Some that memory. Freaking bridge ribbon cutting, man. That's mm -hmm. what we need right now. I need a, a ribbon cut on a bridge. Anyway, uh, Bridge ribbon cuttings in the, at the heart of the Inflation Reduction Act, bipartisan infrastructure law, and the CHIPS and Science Act. As the economy continues to improve, they believe voters will start crediting them for Bidenomics, most popular items in general economic improvement. Unfortunately, though, when you look at polls, that's not working. A CNN poll released this week similarly found that 51% of Americans believe the economy is in a downturn and getting worse. Nearly two-thirds, or 63% of respondents, disapprove of Biden's handling of the economy. Quote from Angus King said, There's a disconnect between the data and the way that people are feeling. <laughs> and he says, Facts don't care about your feelings, people. Yeah. Uh, an independent who caucuses with Democrats in his effort for re-election to Maine, he appeared alongside the president at a Bidenomics event in his state last week, where no doubt they cut a ribbon on something. King placed blame for the absence of better numbers on the hangover of high inflation last year. It yeah, because they can't afford their damn groceries, <laughs> King. It takes time for people to sort of absorb the fact that we're in really good shape. <laughs> you see, here's they keep thinking that if they say it, that eventually people are going to accept it as truth. But when you say that inflation is down, what they want you to believe and what some people believe is that prices went back down mm, to they where didn't. they used to be. No, and so they're when still they're like, going up. When they're like, oh, they're, it's a hangover from people being upset about inflation last year. No, they're still having to pay for the inflation because everything's more and we're still, we still have inflation right now and it's still higher than the 2% target inflation that we aim for, and which is on top of the 7 to 9% inflation that we had the year before that. Which and was so, on top of which, more inflation of it going up the year before that, <laughs> which was on top of it going up it the year before up the that year before that. Yes. Yeah, because there's actually a target of 2% inflation Now we can argue about whether or not that's a good idea. Uh, the more I look into it, I do think that it's a, a, a small amount of inflation is better than the possibility of deflation. Actual deflation is is really bad. OK, so. We'll talk about that more later. Prices coming down is not bad, but not you don't want it to be because of deflation. No. You want it to be because of competition. Yes. 
Exactly. So there's a difference. You want it to be about the balance of goods and services. And this and, is getting uh, into the grains, yeah. the grains and but <laughs> the grains and bolts. That doesn't mean everything is solved. But if I were president, I would take great pride in where the economy is right now. Of course, because you're president, which means you have <laughs> millions of dollars. You have to take and great pride. None of it affects that. you whatsoever. Yeah. I think we're going to end the live stream right now because this is just a preview broadcast and we got people paying for this. Oh, that we're right. hanging out with right Luke. now is going to end it. That's all you get at the moment. Just that that little free preview that we have broadcast as into how did it go? I would say it was good. Let me leave a, a survey review mm. right now, and I'm not going to do it at the moment. Okay. Meanwhile, meanwhile, the number one new song in America that just happened over the weekend <laughs> is "Richmond North of Richmond." Yeah, uh, by Oliver. Anthony. I didn't listen to the whole song myself. I um, can't stand that style of music. You don't uh, like that style? Oh, God. A, I didn't make it more than 30 seconds into the song. Pretty pretty soulful. He's got four songs in the top 10. Number one on iTunes I saw. Um, <laughs> the dude I saw this weekend, um, a couple weeks ago, he played at this farmer's marketplace in the middle of nowhere, Virginia, or North Carolina, South Carolina, somewhere around there. Um, up in the Appalachians, you know. Mm-hmm. The mountain man. Good old mm-hmm, Smoky Mountains, man. And uh, look, he had about 20 people, 20 to 50 people that showed up, I think, for that show. I heard uh, he played a show on Sunday, had over 6,000 people there. Quite a lot. Yeah. So uh, it's. uh, This is how most people feel, because you can try to skew the data all you want. And see, this is a difference. This is a difference between like skewing data and actual data and people's feelings, because I do think that you can feel a certain way. And then you look at the data and be like, oh, okay, well, you know, maybe I'm just over-exaggerating. I need to process my feelings and figure out what, what's really happening here. But the problem is people are feeling a certain way because it's actually true when you look at the data and the, the data and they is know- being presented improperly. And the data yeah. is they use it every day by taking money out of their, their pockets and giving it, to the grocery stores and everywhere else and realizing that they don't have anything left over once they do that. Yeah. And their baby's still hungry. That's, that's what's actually happening. Um, inflation doesn't really affect the rich people that much, or I would even say upper middle class. Um, you know, you can still get by and do fun things or whatever, but man, the middle class and the poor, it eats them alive. Mm-hmm. And we want to talk about helping the middle class and the poor? And you think Bidenomics? Like- look, look at this. You got a guy who went from no one knew a word yet of anything he had to say to now. Now you're going and you're singing in front of people and they're singing your song like you're freaking Garth Brooks. You know, I mean, that that would be nuts. I, I'm happy for the guy. Yeah, uh, Jamie Johnson jumped up there and sang uh, a color song. It's cool. Yeah, that's good for him. I, I agree. And you know, these especially your dollar ain't. Sh- yeah, 
You're going to have to find that and bleep it out for the I radio. Know, I know. But you, we didn't say it. I know. He did, but still. Oliver did. It's on the recording. Yeah. Now you got to find it. Mm-hmm. I'll have to remember that. Look at the time that we're I'll in. do a word search and descript. It'll and be look, fine. And then, <laughs> and then he says, your dollar ain't sh- um, <clears throat> because it's taxed to no end. Mm-hmm. I think that's beautiful that that's getting out there. It is good. And it's it's good to be... Um, it, he does it, go after the obese people. Too. He does. I mean, go straight for <laughs> some... He doesn't even mask it. <laughs> he goes straight for him. I didn't listen to it because I I just hate that style of music. But there were some lyric videos out there, so I let it play with no sound, and I read the <laughs> and I just watched the lyrics of it. And uh, I love all kinds of music. I think it's a catchy tune. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. It's you know, I'm not saying it's bad. I'm saying that it's just not for me. It's and that's fine. I think it's cool to see this type of idea making it into the culture a little bit. And you can tell that these people, a lot of these people, uh, they they need someone to say what they're feeling and to get it out there. That's why people love Trump so much, is even though Trump has no idea what these people are going through at all and never has and never will, he was able to present himself as someone who cares about these people and is going to fight for them. And Dave Chappelle's monologue on Saturday Night Live was... He's an honest liar. <laughs> was perfect. Yeah. Was absolutely perfect. By the way, we're going to see... We are, yeah. Dave Chappelle. Sometime in, about in September, right? Sometime? Mm-hmm. That'd be good. His monologue, that was so good. We're going to go see Anthony Jeselnik, too, in September. I'm pumped about that one. Mm-hmm. It's going to be fun. Got two comedy shows in a row. I know. I'm pumped. Okay, uh, it. You owe me money, by the way. I know you're right. <laughs> you, to be fair, you didn't ask me about the Chappelle one, so yeah. I mean, we'll, I could take somebody we'll else. That's fine. That. <laughs> we'll talk about that. I'll invite somebody else. It'll be all right. Okay, now what we're uh, discussing here? Uh, here's an article from CNN. Maybe someone from the live group. <laughs> probably could. Could probably do that. I won't have COVID by that time. No, you'll be fine, as far as I know. Uh, If we scroll down to the CNN article, U.S. inflation means families are spending $709 more per month than two years ago. They just, they just don't know the data, Charlie. (laughs) That's the thing. They're confused. They're confused. Yeah. And the facts don't care about their feelings. They don't understand how good they have it. Mm -hmm. Uh, They say U.S. inflation has had a snowballing effect on family budgets. By snowballing, what they mean is we had inflation and then we had inflation, and then we had inflation, and that snowballs into inflated prices mm. with all of those years added up. Uh, a typical American household spent $709 more in July than they did two years ago to buy the same goods and services, according to Moody's analytics. Well, this should be fine, though, because the average family saved $2,000 from Obamacare. On their on their health insurance, yeah. yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. so that they're By still switching to Obamacare. They're still up thirteen hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. They got to keep their doctor too. <laughs> yeah, of course. But if they like them, they got to keep yeah. their doctor. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, that figure underscores the cumulative impact high inflation has had on consumer finances, even as price growth has cooled considerably in recent months. That is the. That's the message that they're selling. By the way, price growth has cooled in recent months. It's still price growth. It's still it's still price growth on top of price growth on top of price growth over the last several years. So things are still much higher. And okay, as the price gets higher, the even the the smaller percentage means it's going to cost more. It's a smaller percentage of a higher number. Exactly. Yeah. And that's So all- imagine, okay, imagine eggs were $5, okay? 
and they went up 10%. Okay. Now they're 550. Okay. And if they go up 3% from that, or let's say 5%, that would be now they're 580 something trying to do percentages in my head. Mm -hmm. And then anyway, as you keep going now, add another 5% onto that and another five and then four, if you go 4%, eventually that number will be like, you're still 10, 12% of the original smaller number. Eventually 3% will be as much as the 9.1% was last year because Mm -hmm. the number is much higher. So that, that's the thing that they're missing. And we, we talked about this too, by the way, when inflation was going up a bunch that it was going to drop down really quickly. Because if you look at the inflation waves in the seventies, you have, let's just say like 8% and then back down to like two and a half, three percent and then like 9% and then back down to like three, 4% and then like 12%, (laughs) 16, whatever it went up to and then back down. And that's how it goes because you're comparing to the previous year where the inflation was really high. And then you're pulling from that number and it gives you a much easier track at having a low number that year. And then the next year where it's it's much higher, you're comparing to the previous year where it was much lower the previous year. That's a year over year. Yes. And, and so we're in the low trough of that wave right now, and it's probably going to end up going back up. And that's why the Fed isn't talking about cutting rates or anything right now. But that's why we showed the overall chart, which inflation is closer to, what was it, 60-something percent? Well, over the last two years, it's like 16, 17%, something like that. Okay. Um, Let's see. Most of that increase in spending is driven by housing costs, which have surged. Uh, Zandy, I don't even know who that is, told CNN in an email on Friday, he added... That families are also spending more at the grocery store uh, on buying, maintaining, and insuring vehicles and on recreational services like cable. Of course, paychecks have also grown over the past two years, but not by as much as the cost of living. Inflation-adjusted earnings are stuck in 2019. Even though prices have soared, real earnings, which adjust for inflation, are stuck at 2019 levels, real real earnings remain below what they would have been if not for the pandemic and the Russian war. God darn it. Which is weighing on the collective psyche. Putin and a virus. Putin and COVID. It's never the people that are in charge. It's not the Fed. It's not the president. Unless Trump would have stayed in office, then all the inflation would have been Trump's fault, uh, according to all of these people. Uh, it's, it's It's not the administration. It's not the Fed. It's not the government. It's not the people who tell you that they are going to be making all of the decisions and making your life better if you just give them more and more in your money. It's never their fault. You pay them to find ways to blame this on other people. That is, that's what you're paying them to do. God, and then listen to the way they spend this math at the end. Which one? Just listen to the way they spend the math at the end. Looking at just the last year, Zandy calculates the typical household spent 202 more this July than they did a year ago to buy the same goods and services. That's significant, but it's still below the peak of $536 for the year-over-year metric. You just combine those two June. numbers together, and that's what you have over two years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So 536 plus 202 is 738. So in two years, you're spending an extra $738 a month. A month. Yeah. That's not no. to include everybody's uh, taxes went up on their property taxes because home values skyrocketed. So mm. the tax assessors were out running their ass off everywhere. Plus, plus my actual property tax rate went up a ton in, in, in Davidson, Davidson County. County. Yeah. It why went, do you live there? Um, I don't know. It's time to get out of Davidson County. <laughs> but um, they went up. The rate went up 36 percent 
above where it was before. It didn't go up 36 mm-hmm. nominal percent. It went up, you could say, 1% to 1.36% if you want to just use a nice round number like that. Um, but yeah, the number that we pay went up by 36% over that time. And the property values went up. And the property values also yeah. went up. And yeah. here's the problem. They still don't have enough money. No, no, they need more. They got to fight climate change too. Climate change you know? and, and the government's fighting inflation. Their stuff got it more expensive too. What about another thing? This is by by the way, people this just is, don't understand how good Biden Biden's economy mm-hmm. is. This is Bidenomics, folks. All right, yeah. Enjoy it. Enjoy it while it lasts. It's so good. But Charlie, what else do we have? When student loan payments resume, fifty six percent of borrowers say they'll have to choose between their debt. And buying groceries, what do you think they'll choose? Uh, well, they'll have to buy groceries or they'll die. So they're going to do that. But I, what I would hope, first off, they're just not going to pay their student loans. If they're actually in that scenario, I don't trust the 56% number because this is from a Credit Karma survey and they're, you know, they've got a specific sample size of people that are trying to figure out their finances. I didn't get surveyed and I've got a bunch of student debt. So... Um, they'll probably decide to not pay the debt because they assume it's going to get written off eventually. Uh, or maybe they'll end up decreasing some of their other expenses because there are things other than groceries that people pay for on a monthly basis. Mm-hmm. I probably pay more for a lot of other amenities than I do for groceries. If you had to choose between like Netflix and groceries and student loans, which of those three are you cutting out? Student loans, obviously. Well, yeah, probably student loans or I'm going to buy like ramen gonna, or something. Well, what are you going to watch while you eat something? Yeah, <laughs> I can't eat without watching something. Right. Okay, it's not possible. And Ted Lasso's on Apple TV, so you need and that. Netflix anyway. Well, but you need, well, once need Ted both. Lasso in. Yeah, you're right. Because you have to yeah. keep eating and watching. That's true. So you need several shows. What about YouTube TV? I mean, you need that. football just started. Yeah. And NFL Sunday tickets now on YouTube TV. So you got to have that base subscription plus NFL Sunday ticket. Because mm-hmm. what, what are you going to watch while you eat if football's on? Mm-hmm. College football package is coming out. Yeah. You know, every so Saturdays and Sundays. So yeah, student yeah. loans aren't going to get paid. No. <laughs> for sure. Federal student loan payments are coming back. And they're going to wreak havoc on borrowers' budgets. Interest accruals resume on September 1st and payments will be due in October for the first time in over three years. The the eggs are hatching and the chickens (sighs) are finding the roost. Yep. This is one thing guaranteed in life. You can't, you hardly ever get rid of a debt. Mm -hmm. These people will come back, especially ones that you can't declare bankruptcy on. That's one of the hardest (laughs) ones to get rid of. Yeah. Over half of borrowers Listen, say this is a real thing, by the way, I've been paying. I, I have been paying on my student. I went to school. When did I gra- what, graduate? When did I drop out of college? <laughs> Sorry, I dropped out to, to go play music in Nashville. Uh, nine. Pro- yeah, that's probably right. Yeah. 2009. The end of 2009. I, I dropped out. I had a semester left, <laughs> but I wasn't going to use the degree anyway. Who cares? I look just, at you now. I would have just thrown more good money after bad. You know, mm-hmm. it was a sunk cost yeah. at that time. But I've been paying on those loans. I can imagine you being a teacher right now. <laughs> no freaking way. Would I still have uh, a job? I'll tell you that. I would have been fired. Kids to your you class. would have been talking about something that happened 
in my class <laughs> yeah. on your podcast yes. with John, probably. Like, yeah, oh, you... this teacher got fired because he started talking about Thomas Sowell or something like that. <laughs> well, you know, that so... would be the least of my concerns. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, I think uh, I was just going to say, I get it. You pay towards these things. If you just pay the minimum and you have a normal student loan interest, which my interest is like 11% like one of the best you can get okay that's good that's pretty good for student loans yeah 11 percent. yeah 11 percent um jesus I, I have in fact paid the minimum and my debt has stayed the same as i have paid the minimum payments for years and years and years i owe the same if not potentially more right now than i did when i got out of school and whose fault is that hmm Whose fault is it? Trump's. It's probably Trump's fault. Okay, we should indict him over it, actually. I think Trump should be indicted because of my student debt. Um, that would be the best thing. But if we can indict Trump over my student debt, um, it's the it's still the government's fault. It's probably the predatory loan system's fault. Mm, that's what I was going to say next. Or it could be my fault because this entire time I have known that if I just kept paying the minimum, that I was never actually going to pay down the debt. Mm. I've known it the entire... I know it right now, Charlie, and I guarantee you I'm not going to change anything. Not this week, at least. <sighs> I'm not going to. Man. I, so whose fault is it? It's very weird for somebody to say that those words together. I know. My fault. It's weird. That sounds like such an oxymoron. I know. <laughs> I know. I, it's crazy. Um, just a few more things here. 68% of borrowers with household incomes under $50,000. They went to college, <laughs> got a degree. Mm -hmm. Maybe they didn't still have student loans without a degree. But you went to college and your household income is less than $50,000. I think some decisions are being made that aren't perhaps the best. They could have been like me. I didn't finish a degree. Or if I would have finished my degree and I lived on my own, I don't know if I'd be making over $50,000. I was going to get a teaching degree. In Tennessee, I think you would now. In Tennessee, yeah. I would be. Mm -hmm. Or close. Around 50, 60, I think. Something like that. <clears throat> a large portion of high earners also expect to struggle. 45% of borrowers with household incomes of $100,000 or more Say they'll be forced to make those hard choices. Just because you're making a lot of money doesn't mean that you got a lot of money. It means you got a, a lot of expenses. Yeah. And and it may not mean you're not living paycheck to paycheck. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. um, one option that could especially help lower income borrowers is to apply for an income-driven repayment plan under the new Saving on a Valuable Education IDR plan. Families of three or more who earn $50,000 or less may qualify for a $0 monthly payment for instance, that's one of the things the administration put into their income driven repayment. Now, does plan. their debt ever go away? The debt doesn't go away. No, you just auto draft that zero dollar payment and you might still accrue interest. I'm not exactly sure how it works, but you don't have to make monthly payments. So you don't ever actually get rid of the debt. I still feel bad for these people. Do you? I do. Mm. You know, I, I don't just, know about that. I'm well, it's I'm. It's mostly their fault, but I still feel bad. Mm -hmm. It's You get into a situation that can be tough to get back out of it. Even if it was your fault, it's tough to get out of a bad situation that you put yourself in. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't mean it's someone else's job 
to get you out of that situation. It's still your job to get your way out and we can feel bad for you all we want. It doesn't mean that there should be a gun held to Charlie's head and that his money should be given to you yeah. to bail you out of your bad situation. That's so right. there's a there's a line between feeling bad for someone and being legally obligated under threat of death to take care of people. Because I went to college. Mm-hmm. Went to a year, a year and a half of schooling post high school, nursing school. But I was fortunate enough to have a full ride scholarship and uh, other money that they gave mm-hmm. me to go to school for that. And uh, didn't have to pay any of it back. Yeah. I had scholarship too for the first couple. I I went to four and a half years of college mm-hmm. and I only I only came out with $18,000 in and debt. And I knew back right. then it was a scam. Yeah. <laughs> so here's the deal. Here's the point of the show because we do got we to gotta wrap up. Um, Bidenomics, Charlie, we are made to believe and we could probably scroll through the president's Twitter and all of the shills with the Harry's, Sisons, and the other people who are paid to say nice things about how great the country is right now. And we see just how great people are doing and just how great Biden's doing on this economy and how we've added so many jobs. And he'll even say the wages have gone up, you know? And if you're not with them, then obviously you're not looking at the data. Yeah. Yeah. But then you look at Your things feelings like this. Are wrong. You look at things like this and you say 56% of borrowers say they'll have to choose between their debt and buying groceries. Is that an amazing best economy that we've ever been in? When you have to go back to paying your loans, which you had to pay back in early 2020, you had these same loans that you were being forced to pay. And now that they're going to start saying that you need to pay these loans again, well, you might not even be able to buy food anymore. You might be on the bread lines. And so are we, in fact, in a greater economy right now, or are we still just allowing people to get by without taking care of their responsibilities for the moment and if we ever ask them to take care of their responsibilities, they'd be back on the bread lines immediately. Well, we're obviously in a better economy. Yeah. So this must have to do with some tor- some type of corporate greed. Uh, I guess it is corporate. You know who it's never the greed of? It's never the colleges. The colleges are never greedy. Nope. Somehow the colleges never teach the students to go out there and protest the colleges for having high prices. <laughs> it never happens. Yeah. It's so crazy. You know, uh, Robert Wright could be out there talking about how we got to get rid of student loans and corporate greed. And he'll never mention to you that he's getting paid 300 K a year to speak twice at some college somewhere. And that that's baked into the price that you're paying for college. It's never his fault. Mm -mm. And it's not the college's fault. doesn't matter that tuition's gone up 3000% in the the last decade. No, listen, Obama just wanted everyone to have an opportunity to go to school. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's what we have uh, right now, I believe it was in 2010 is when they took over all the student loans. So we got this story. Then we had the $709 per month more for the same goods. But that's Bidenomics, man. This is the best economy we've ever seen, man. Shake and bake. Mm-hmm. He's okay. created more jobs than any president. And then you know that you do the thing, mm-hmm. you do the math. He's the magic man. Mm-hmm. Now you see him. Judge don't. <laughs> that's right. All right, man. We get it. All right, go. y'all. If you enjoyed today's episode, please share the show with a friend, a family and a foe and go to join gmail.com to be part of the live group. God hates feds.com for merchandise. And there's a link for the fed haters club. That is the club that you can go to, to watch the full live stream. That's the club mm-hmm. and talk to us. And you might have chances to go to Dave Chappelle, you know, and it's, if, I know send me a, send me a message and, uh, 
if I find someone better to take than Nate, then you're in. And yep. that's all there is to that. A selling point I have, because I realize it can be scary to join something called the Fed Haters Club, you know, but to my knowledge, not a single member of this club is raided by the FBI or, or killed in some type of an early morning raid. Not yet. to our knowledge. To our knowledge. That has not happened. Yeah. Okay. Not on record. Not a single person has been killed by a Fed while wearing a God Hates Feds shirt. All right. So I think it's some kind of shield of virtue and honor. And I think they mm. appreciate it. And they know deep down that that's true, that God really does hate them. They God's feel angels it. come down and put mm-hmm. a golden shield around you. It's a force yep, field. They said, finally, someone said it. Mm-hmm. That's right. Uh, leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And if you do all that, we'll be back again tomorrow. Hope you have a good day and a good morning, Liberty. <laughs> <laughs>